So how, on God's gray earth, did this... And this... and Outliers, the podcast where we take a closer look at that one album and an artist's discography that sticks out like a sore thumb. It may be their best album, maybe their worst album. It's definitely their worst album, uh, but it's that one album where the artist was so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Uh, this week we have Logan Renard, Matthew Marr. And my name is Scott Livingston. We are on Twitter at D Outliers. We are on Instagram at Detours and Outliers. We are on Facebook groups at Detours and Outliers. We are on the World Wide Web at DetoursandOutliers.com. And we have an email address, which is DetoursandOutliers at gmail.com. If you want to send us any uh hate mail or congratulatory uh, gifts, whatever you feel like. Um, and we would appreciate it if you would rate us six stars on whatever you're listening to. Even if you can only rate us five stars, rate us six anyway. Just take a golden sticker and adhere it to your screen's monitor, and we would appreciate it. This week we are going to be discussing Kiss's album, Music from the Elder. So this is not music from the elder, it's music from Kiss from the elder or something. Who's the elder? That Well, there's a lot of questions and not a lot of answers of this album. So what's what's your general feelings on Kiss? Pro Kiss? No Kiss? I love Kiss. I love Kiss um, as, a, uh, as a kid, yeah. right? And uh, at least when I grew up, I grew up before, like, or, or let me rephrase that. I got into the Kiss thing right before they broke big. And so right before all of the merchandising and the cartoons and the uh, uh, TV shows, um, 
Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Opera or something along those lines, or the Phantom of the Amusement Park, um, uh, whatever it might have been called. And, um, um, you know, and uh, all of the, uh, the um, um, elementary kids dressing up for Kiss as, as uh, you know, Halloween and that sort of thing, um, that kind of um, ruined it for me. Nonetheless, I really liked them because they were a heavy band that was scary. They were kind of tough and mean, and and everything about that was was um, um, titillating to a young, right, young impressionable mind. Um, however, once it become became very safe and 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 um, predictable, yes, lost interest. Now, this particular album, though, yes, is so unlike Kiss; it's almost unrecognizable. Yes. Well, uh, I'd like to say, uh, you know, hail Satan, um, <laughs> nights in Satan service. Uh, my, yeah, my mom uh, threw all my Kiss records in the trash. No, um, well, I, the three of us are pretty big prog rock nerds. I would say, I, you know, I, I, I speak for all of us. I think, <laughs> and this is Kiss, Kiss's foray into the. The concept, like proggy concept album territory, and as fans of uh, stuff like King Crimson or Frank Zappa or uh, ELP, uh, yeah, this is man, they were trying, they tried real hard. Yeah, well, they if Kiss is known for one thing, it's for being mercenary. They are big on the merchandising. They are big on selling out. And this is the one album where they seem to try to actually care what critics think, do something artistic. That was, you know, never Kiss's main goal. And this was like the only album where they tried to care and um, they may not have succeeded. The the lesson here is (laughs) never never try. Never try. Never... Yeah, maybe, maybe. Never care what other people think, but more importantly, never try. Never, yeah, right. And in this case, you know, maybe it is best to. Uh, well, is it, you know, the, the band that comes to mind to me that 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 sort of is the opposite of the career path, I suppose, yeah. would be would be ACDC in the sense that they came up with a particular style <clears throat> of hard rock music and they found it worked well and they never deviated from it. Never, oh. they were faithful. They were very faithful. Kiss, Kiss had a, had a, a you know a very a very heavy rock sound, but discovered yeah. discovered that that their their um, uh, their ability yeah. to generate shocking amounts of income was not that particular sound, and yeah. so there was there was a lot of chasing of that. Yeah. Um, however, however, there was a bit a lot of backlash against the band in the late seventies. Because of this, yes. a lot of their hardcore fans were resentful that they were no longer hard, they were no longer scary, and and uh, they were they um, started to abandon the band. And this might have been an effort to to um, reinvigorate the band in a direction that was more in a line with what came earlier. Yeah. However, for whatever <clears throat> reasons, it did not seem to go in that direction. Yeah. When when is this? This was came out in uh, November tenth, nineteen eighty one. So, so just a year before trans. So we we should say that uh, uh, again with the prog rocky thing, 
Flat Rock's pretty done, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's inter- it's an interesting move. In I mean, they they would be. But there are there are different there are different kind of elements. Yeah, they're a little late to the party, but there's different elements of the whole prog rock thing. You know, there is the the prog rock that just focuses on on um, virtuosity. Right, right. right? This yeah. is not. But, the, but there's, there's a particular the, type of. This is almost like Tommy or something. Right. Exactly. It's exactly. a narrative. It's, it's like more the like wall. Tommy. It's yeah, more, the wall. It's like the well, wall. there's a there's a pretty, reason. Pretty good. Yeah. It was produced by the same guy who did the wall. What's his name? Bob Ezrin. Bob Ezrin. Who you know. And in fact, they, they initially announced before they recorded this that they were going back to their hard rock roots and then changed their mind. <laughs> well, you, you brought up ACDC, and um, I'd like to share an anecdote quickly, but um, as it uh, um, relates to Chris, uh, the Kiss, you know, and, and early, like real, like hard rock Kiss. And there's a fantastic book uh, by uh, Joe Carducci. A, you know, SST records fame, punk rock dude about the history of rock and roll and things like that. And in the three pages of black and white pictures, there's a picture of ACDC and the caption reads, ACDC, absolutely perfect, not a brain cell to spare. <laughs> and early Kiss is that. It's like, it's all the cliche crap you want from rock and roll and nothing else. Yeah. And this is and one of the nothing else. This is, which, the fact that they were doing that so effectively for a pretty long time brings this really sharply into focus as a bizarre misstep, you know, maybe, question mark? The thing is, here's my knowledge of Kiss. <clears throat> I know what they look like. I know, <laughs> I know who Gene Simmons is. I'm very familiar with their iconography, their... Reputation, as far as their music, I may have accidentally heard I Was Made for Loving You, or... With the with the whip crack, or the disc, extended disco one, or, or, or you, know. you know... rock and roll all night, but you know, the image was so scary, I never thought the songs I heard on the radio were by them. <laughs> I had no idea that that song was by the scary demon exactly. band that scared exactly. me as a kid. So... Honestly, I have listened to zero Kiss except for this album. Other than, you know, what I might have heard in passing, Detroit Rock City or Beth. But, you know, from what I understand, their music is not really emblematic of them anyway. So the fact that this one is different from that is uh, an interesting... And it is it is different, and it also, it also is the album that, if I'm not mistaken... The entire band disavows. Oh yeah, this is the redheaded stepchild. They, they have some. It's the only album that they never toured in support of, right? That is true. They've played like, much like um, their Satanic Majesty is present. They've played two songs off of this um, album ever. And they were the singles. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, I guess we can start digging into the album. The real question is: Are we going to listen to it in the original order <laughs> yeah, or but, uh, the correct order because if you buy it on cd it is put in the order that made sense for the story which was supposed to be told <clears throat> in spoken dialogue but got cut out so doesn't matter but the record company when they put it out put the good songs on first to try and keep people from returning their albums i guess so yeah there's the the they, 90s the cd version that's more kiss approved and then there's the 81 uh, what record was it? company, yeah, Casablanca to, Records right, or whatever to that to, they wanted. So to salvage a bit of a lemon, yeah. yeah. 
So we, I, for the, uh, Bob's Burgers fans out there, this album is, uh, Zentipede. If you, if you, if you get me, this is, it is, there is a corny laser light show to the kiss approved version of this. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is very, Kilroy was here. This is very Quadrophenia. There is a story. It's like. You know, what is the story, Scott? Well, that's a problem. Is you know they recorded all these interstitial dialogue bits that explain the story. Those have not been released. No one's really sure. <laughs> the, uh, you know, apparently, apparently, the general concept was there is a young hero. Yes. That needs to do something. Yes. Heroic. Yes. Is not well trained yet. Yes. Not prepared. A little bit reluctant. Yes. And there is this. Entity called the Elder. Yes. Who is going to teach him. Okay, so it's like uh, Star Wars or Dune? <laughs> Must be. Joseph right? Campbell. When did, uh, sci-fi? When, that's a good, when did the Empire Strikes Back come out? Was that Let's the, see, the first one was 77, and I think the second one was We're giving this thing 80. a lot of credit. It was right 80, off yeah, yeah. yeah so. <laughs> so I'm just I'm saying, yeah, so the, the, elder, the Elder does appear to be a kind of Yodo- Yoda-ish. Yoda. Yeah. Somebody, Yoda-ish. somebody told them about the hero's journey in a, <laughs> yeah, in a bar. They did read <laughs> I, Campbell. They saw Star Wars, and, 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 yes, and uh, I they, went to the bathroom halfway through. No, no, the other, and, the other uh, that guy was saying, but yeah. is uh, you know the Bob Ezrin connection. You know, you know Bob Bob Ezrin did have a uh, already uh, a reputation for being a and having a reputation of being a, a producer. Yes. who could polish up. Odd things into finished, glossy products. Hence that, that, the wall that were very listable, right? Like the wall, the most recent, the most recent of his efforts. Um, uh, you know, previously the wall had, had already come out. Yeah, it had already come okay. out, and, yeah. and he had uh, he had done wonders with Kiss with with um, uh, Destroyer. Yeah. And um, and it was very polished, right? You know, unlike unlike some of the earlier ones. And and um, uh, in before then, he was renowned for having taking a rather um, rather um, artistically gifted, but but um, musically, um, you know, limited. I, I wouldn't say limited might be more kind of um, un. Unfinished, okay, right? Right. There you uh, go. Sort of randomly poking musicianship of the Alice Alice Cooper, right? Yeah. Alice Cooper band, and turning that into to very very again once again commercially very, successful, commercially and successful, slickly produced, slickly produced uh, music, right? And and uh, by the way, I don't think slickly produced means bad necessarily. No, it, it 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 can cover up bad, right? But it it is in and of itself not right. necessarily it can, right, and bad. it can it can make very good turn into something quite spectacular as well. Yes. So so there is you know so so there is that. Um, however, there is um uh, not just mere speculation. There's yeah. been lots of people who have reported, and we've mentioned in an earlier podcast of this show that the uh, the the late seventies, early eighties were were also a period of of rampant um, cocaine use. <gasps> Shocking. Shocking. It definitely, it is. And, and on this, their their MCI console in the studio, there's a little. Shelf that pulls out. That's just a mirror. Yes. Well, you there, there's a, you know, not far <laughs> from that. And again, again, now this is probably uh, hearsay, but nonetheless, this is from uh, Peter Chris's autobiography. He did mention that when they were recording Destroyer, yeah, he might have got his time, uh, you know, periods mixed up a bit. But yeah. he did say he did mention that that when they were recording with Bob, 
Bob would, would first of all, make them um, rehearse and practice uh, Peter Chris. There were a few rhythms yeah. that he was unfamiliar with, for example, that he had to learn. Yeah. And apparently Bob Ezrin would yell at him a lot. And uh, But the first thing that he would do is he'd come into the studio and he'd pour out a small mountain of cocaine on the council. Small so, mountain. So that everyone could uh, come by and... and, and uh, Partake as needed. Get in the mood, yes. So, so this is this is, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think Destroyer was 1976. Yeah. Uh, 1976. So, so you're talking a few years after that. About five so, years, yeah. So the effects of um, of rampant cocaine use does something to the creative spirit. Yes. It also does something to your ears, and uh, uh, you know, music that that uh, albums that that seem a little too bright to you. Often, often it's the result of um, a certain attenuating effect. Rather than <clears throat> like Steely Dan. Dan. Right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Steely Dan? Never. <laughs> Never. Speaking of progressive rock. Okay, so... Um, well, let's dive in. Let's do it in order so we can see if we can't figure out what the story is, who the, the man-child is, who the elder is, who's Mr. Blackwell. Uh, the first track is appropriately Fanfare. you guys are talking about that sounds like hard rock to me that was badass (laughs) i just the first note that i have written down is there's there's a vibra slap somewhere on this well well, this 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 is um this i hope obviously yeah this is not kiss as musicians here no this is this is a um orchestra yes who is the orchestra i believe it's actually the london symphony I will double check that, but I believe that's who. And there goes the budget for the record. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, I don't have it written. Well, I down, do know that Bob Bob Ezrin did did uh, enjoy, um, as a lot of you know high end producers did. They did yeah. enjoyed bringing in classical musicians to play. But that is that is an orchestra. That is not a couple of violin players. In no, the, that is a full, full. You know, quartry of like fifty musicians playing for a minute and ten seconds of. John Williams light mm-hmm. introduction. And I wonder at musician scale, what do we get for that? Oh. That 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 costs more than I made last year. I'll tell and you that. that. They did not get paid very much. I wonder who did the arranging for that. You know. Yeah, yeah. I I, I had that. It's I, like, it, it says it was written by Paul Stanley and Bob Ezrin, so I'm guessing that Ezrin did the Ezrin did the arranging as well. Um, All right. Because I don't know who else would. Well, this is the tone then for the. So yes, if you were looking for Kiss, it's not like the Neil Young record where he lets you in slowly with a, a typical song. This is. Um, and you know, respect to that. You yeah, know, like, like really, if you're gonna go for it, they went for it. Put the 
And, 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 and this is obviously also not a Sinclair. No, this is, these are paid real musicians. Let's try track number two, Just a Boy. See if we can figure out who the boy is. I'm assuming he is not Elder. The boy of legal age. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with this in terms of... That's, aside yeah. from it being... Oh, yes, Nearly a decade late. Right, right. <laughs> in terms of its production, in terms of the sound, in terms of the recording, in terms of even the composition, it's, it's all pretty good. Um, Paul Stanley falsetto, this does rub aggressively against their image as a dangerous hard rock band. That is true, yes. This and, is... I'm going to go ahead and say it before one of you guys says it, but uh, this is more Spinal Tap than Spinal Tap. Yes. Yes, when did when did that movie come out? Because this that is... 82, 83-ish. Yeah, the, the, the little children of Stonehenge are dancing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Spinal Tap will come up a lot on this podcast. I mean, there's a, a Black Sabbath album called Born Again that even has a song called Stonehenge, but mm-hmm. this, I think, is... <laughs> Definitely one of the more spinal tappy moments. We will, yeah. I, again, my notes say there's a after the the first song that there's a vibra slap on here somewhere, and uh, um, uh, harpsichord question mark question mark. Yes. Um, well, we'll see. Yeah. 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 Well, there. First of all, yeah, we know. That, if he's a boy, why is he singing so high? Well, I guess he hasn't hit puberty yet. Yeah, he's, yeah, that makes sense. Boy, I'm just a boy. <laughs> well, see, um, it's catchy. Well, let's go on to the next one, which bit is... A bit of an earwig, that one, yeah? Yeah, Odyssey. Yeah. Odyssey. From a far-off galaxy I hear you calling me We are all Since we paid for the orchestra, we're going to use them. I think we have like more glockenspiel than electric guitar here. And we are seeing the range of Paul Stanley. Before yes. it was uh, falsetto. Boy. And always, boy, boy. boy. Yeah, man. That's, he is, that uh, was pretty... Again, we got, a, we got a fanfare and then two ballads to open it, so I can see why the record company was a little iffy on this uh, song order. And this, this really does sound... Like a show tune. Yeah. I, I could see this being a, a musical production on Broadway. Um. There's a super gay, like, stage production of this. I mean, no, like, yeah, look, this is maybe that's what fabulous as hell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I could see this being fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is, I, I mean, there's 
glitter in my ears. Well, <laughs> the first line of the song is from a far off galaxy. So clearly, this is a, a sci fi epic. Do you guys, what was the, um, it was a failed musical. With, it starred like Raul Julia, and it was supposed to be like, they were like. Julia. Yeah, yeah. Raul Julia was a star. It was on Broadway. It was supposed to be on Broadway. And it was like they were like no 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 they were they were like space farmers or something, and it it, this, it was brought up recently because of the whole like Spider Man turn off the dark de- debacle yeah and it's like hey you know we tried to do something like this before but for the weightlessness and stuff they uh, uh, um, uh, it had trampolines and they were supposed to be and it was a did Bob Ezrin or. Uh, uh, Kiss perhaps have anything to do with that, because uh, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> but, uh, it's quite possible. Well, that's the you know, and, and um, with the uh, you know the, the whole musical angle as well. Um, since we did talk about this yeah. in a previous podcast, um, Frank Zappa did try to put a, on a Broadway musical, and listening to this, it might be for the best that um, <laughs> Broadway musicals are not for most people. I mean, there's Paul Simon's Cape Man. I don't think anyone's listened to that since that. You know, introduce Mark Anthony to the world back in the nineties. Um, huh? Yeah, I did not know that. Yes, <laughs> yes, he did a, a Broadway musical about a serial killer in the fifties. Right. Yeah. Why? I don't know. <laughs> but the um, the uh, the uh, Odyssey, the Odyssey here. I mean, obvious reference to to um, the Homeric Odysseus, <laughs> right? To Odysseus, the Homeric uh, poem, the Odyssey. Um, I, I assume that's the, the reference, but it's also um, this, as you said, it's a spaceman. Sort of. I would assume he's from a far off galaxy. That, you know. Right, being at the far end of the Mediterranean isn't far yeah. enough anymore. Yes. Um, but there, there does seem to be a... Um, Long ago from a galaxy far, far away. It seems they're, they're dealing more with, with archetypes here than with, with fleshed out. Yeah, again, someone described... Star Wars to Gene Simmons. I don't even think they got the the whole thing. Via Galactica is, Via what, Galactica. I'm, is what I'm uh, we, what I thought of immediately, and well, just uh, in nerd nerdy yeah. culture, uh, um, uh, genre mixing is kind of considered a pretty high risk uh, gamble. It can, yeah, it, it can it can pay off big. It can. If it looks bad, it looks really bad. That's yes. that's what we're dealing with here. Yeah. But again, with this song, uh, there's there's um, nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. It's just not Kiss. Well, how about the next one? Maybe that's better. Uh, Only You. This will be a rock song. Reverb effect. Reverb. Um, I am this particular song uh, with the uh, the very bright crunchy guitar and the um, the um, reverse reverb on the vocals. Yeah. Uh, this is a sound that that is all over eighties um, 
so-called hard rock, um, you know, comes down, to mind down, like... Down, uh, down, 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 well, you know, yeah. some of that, I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines of, you know, like um, um, Rat and Poison and... and oh, yeah. um, Bon Jovi, those are real and, masters and, uh, of uh, yeah, 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 the good metal. Yeah, I'm throwing up the affectionately referred to as heavy tinsel, um, <laughs> and, and even hair metal, and even um, even Motley Crue, right? It's, yeah. it's that it's that kind of. Is that why you're sound. wearing those fingerless gloves, man? Yes, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, <laughs> and uh, that that uh, that whole era. Um, so so I don't you know I'm not quite willing to say that, that Kiss influenced all of this, but this production style they were definitely at the front of that curve. Okay. Question: When did Poltergeist come out? Uh, was that eighty? It was. Because uh, I think that's where I first heard that. I think that's that either, might have influenced that. Yeah, then, I'm not sure who influenced which, but those were but both that, about the same time. That would have been in that that same yeah, early time period, early eighties. Yeah, so, yeah, and that is a one of those fancy effects you can do with before digital computers right. came along. So, but oh. this is you know we are four songs in, and this is the first first um. For electric some, guitar we've really heard right exactly with a hint of heaviness and right? it's still not that rocking and no junk, not, junk, not junk, really junk, junk. i would like to give a big thumbs up to gene's bass tone which is p bass well he's he's not playing a p bass he's playing a um well he might be i don't know uh uh uh, uh, uh gibson uh ripper grabber who's famous for playing but it, it's also very likely a, a, a p bass in the studio but pick round wounds Grindy, groovy, good oh, job, yeah. dude. No, I think, and it's shaped like an axe. I think, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Gene, t- you know, takes a lot of shit for a lot of reasons, and rightfully so. Is um, honest, yeah. I don't think he's he's the uh, the the terribly crappy bass player that people give him credit for. I know I he's think awesome, man. I think that's one part of of uh, his his. Um, <clears throat> Persona, persona that is uh, to downplay his musicianship, right? <laughs> I, 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 I think I he's actually he's actually pretty good at, yeah. at uh, playing the bass. Oh, and, and in a particular like style of uh, um, like seventies rock, like uh, um, like the band Free had these like great yeah, like anthematic but like simple but like really efficient and powerful bass lines, and Gene was like. All about that. He's not, yeah, he's not going to make his. He's not going to make any. Um, hey, you know, sitting in with weather report, but but certainly, you know, if it's um, is it, straight he, ahead rock and roll, it's going to be right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he's, he's famous for his bass solo, which is his guitar tech twiddling knobs on a uh, a delay pedal. Well, he plays nothing and spits up blood all over the place and flies through the air. So, well, they, you know. He, he knows what the audience came to see. Man, they this band is all about show business. Yes, and business first, weird. show second, art third. <laughs> well, so, I'd say I'd say music third, art fourth. That is true. Yeah, they had. And this is the art. And this is their attempt to reverse that order. So let's check out uh, "Under the Rose."
will you sacrifice under the rose? Yeah, they're they're not shying away from the conceptiness of this album. They are going full. Right, but it's a, it, yes, it's that song was uh, well. The choruses are they're quite enjoyable. Yeah, but it's very dirgy. It is another slow song. We haven't had anything really fast yet on this album. You know, you know what I've always wanted from Kiss is an album of you know sea shanties. Indeed. <laughs> and this so, this just shows that they have it in them. You know, still waiting, guys. Indeed. What? Okay, so we have the boy, the who boy. may be the man child, right? The man child, yes. And now we have the rose. Is is that a literal rose? Or I think is this under like a, under the roses, uh, uh, a uh, secret uh, society of the Jedi. Usually, or? it's a term that uh, means a uh, 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 secret. Secret shit, spy stuff. Okay, uh, cloak so and dagger this must would be, be the uh, secret society. Yeah, yeah, yeah these yeah, are the, the. This road, is the yeah. Illuminati theme song. So, so this could the be stonecutters. This could be the, perhaps the people who are compelling him to be a hero, or maybe yeah. these are the people he needs to fight against. Defeat. Yes, yes. I don't know. Who makes the do? Well, do we want to move do. on to the next one? <laughs> Dark light. Dark light. Dark light. Yes, this is. This is a freely one. So that well, was... Let's uh, hoist a glass to the Spaceman. Spaceman. That was written by Ace Freely, but not alone. Do you know who wrote this song with him? Cher. Not that... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I think, it, I think it might come to me. It is uh, uh, Lou Reed. Lou Reed did write some of the lyrics for this song. Wow. However, <laughs> the guitar part was composed by late show drummer Anton Fig. Oh, wow. Really? So, Anton Fig, Ace Freely, and Lou Reed... Anton, Anton Fig, I believe, was the the drummer on Ace's solo. Yeah, he was a uh, studio guy. When they did the four. Oh yeah, they each had their own. <laughs> That's another one we might have to. Um, all right. More importantly, here, who's credited as cowbell? Oh yeah, there's yes. a lot of cow- Ca- cowbellist. Indeed, uh, uh, that might have been Anton Fig. Maybe yeah. they brought in uh, Anton just to do that. Yeah, they um. This is. I think the most Kiss sounding song yeah, so far, oh, yeah. but, but even then, it's um, Ace's songs were always a little bit odd. Yeah, and, and the rest of the Kiss, the Kiss, uh, you know, often good but yeah. odd. And uh, you know, in the context of all of this, it seems odd once again. Yes, very odd. Um, I know that we've had a lot of John Williams orchestra, but now we've got the actual Jaws theme opening the song, which I, I, I guess you can't really copyright two notes, but if you could... Um, I wonder if they changed the, uh, the, the lawsuit. The key. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, or they didn't think about it at all. You know, it's not... Exactly. It's a completely different thing. what are you talking about? Yeah. So there, that, that is more of the kiss we we know and love. Hopefully, we'll get back to the demon chorus drinking drinking songs. And um, here's the lone American single from the album. 
It's called A World Without Heroes. So, no surprise there, this is the song that Cher chose to cover. Wow. Well, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about how Kiss was a scary band. This song is actually frightening me a little bit for other sorts of reasons. Yeah. It's uh, hitting other emotional notes that are kind of um, not horror as much as... um, well, it's a different kind of horror. Yes, yeah, a different kind of horror. It's not a horror, horror movie, it's a just horrible. Yes. <laughs> Here's what I wrote down. For some reason, when listening to the song, I was imagining like Don Johnson in an episode of Miami Vice, like after he got sad or something, walking down dark alleys and just looking mournfully <laughs> off into the distance. I mean, that's what this sounds like to me. It's like... Mm. Yeah, and, and you know, and I know a lot of talent goes in to make incidental music in, yeah. in TV shows and the like, and this is not what that was intended for, but regardless, rock and roll music should not do that. Yes, it should not evoke Don Johnson. No. No, this is... Uh, Even if Don Johnson is singing. Yes. This is like a, a, a knockoff of a knockoff of uh, Michael Kamen did a, a soundtrack for a, a Lethal Weapon spin-off uh, sequel made for TV. Except this was before. Indeed. Yeah, that's oh. true. Well, Man. speaking of TV, this was the first Kiss video ever played on MTV. Was wow. the video for this. Wow. <laughs> I've not seen that video. Uh, did they have their makeup on? I think I they think were they still did. Made yeah, up there were, there were an album or two out, right? That is wow. <laughs> yeah, go to it YouTube. I don't so know if it's there. Strange. It is so bizarre. Maybe it has Don Johnson in it. I don't know. This it goes back to my comment about the genre mixing. Yeah, you know, it's just like, what are we? Yeah, we're coming from too many different directions at once. Well, there's not a lot of mixing. There's no hard rock in here. This is just that. Well, so. Just with the makeup and the whole image and the, right, the aesthetic. Right the, yeah, and also with this. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's go to the next track. Maybe this will be more... Do we have to? The Oath. Yes. <laughs> we've made an oath. <laughs> we will stick to the oath. We gotta a, if, we, if we don't play the song, we've never made the oath. By the way, on the... On the, <laughs> it was, it was, this was the first track. So this is something the, the record company did like. Huh. So we might be in for a treat. This song sounds like a, an Iron Maiden song if somebody hit mute on Steve's bass track. <laughs> yeah, there is a noticeable absence of bass on this. Yeah. Yeah. Duh, duh. 
Duh, I take back everything I said about Gene. Yeah. You suck, dude. There's some some nice double kick work on the drums, so I suppose we should mention the drummer is not um, Peter Chris on this album. He had been replaced shortly beforehand by Eric Carr, who was treated as a hired gun and not a full member, which is part of why Ace was so unhappy with this album, because they would vote and it'd be two against one, and Ace would lose every time, so... Ace did all his parts in New Hampshire while the rest of the band was in New York. And yeah, he did not make it past this album. And Eric Carr uh, donned the makeup, right? What did he, what did he, what was his get up? Oh, I don't remember. He was might... he the Ankh Warrior? Or... No, he was not the Ankh Warrior. He, he, I think he might have. That was Vinny. Yeah, I think that was uh, uh, Ace's replacement. Yeah. Was that? Yeah, so he might have still been cat-ish. Yeah, the tiger or something maybe. Right, right, yeah, yeah, the, uh... Listeners, look it up. I'm sure it's on Wikipedia or somewhere, but yeah. Maybe the uh, ocelot. The ocelot. <laughs> the ostrich. Wow, that is, that is uh, I can see why the record company wanted to put that first. It is, it is uh, amongst the heaviest songs on the record. Yes. Uh, the, Even before it's all the downhill fanfare. from here. <laughs> but it is, it is really, looking back on this, it is, it is, I, I marvel at how this, this record which was not successful, that yeah. apparently very few listened to, became, or at least that sound became the model for virtually all of the top 40 type of heavy music of the 1980s. Oh, and I figured out why the bass sounds so crappy. It's Ace Freely playing the bass on here. <laughs> Paul Stanley <laughs> plays lead and rhythm guitar, so... Sorry, Gene. <laughs> Take back everything we took back about Gene. What, you're still what, kind of a creep, but... I wonder what Gene was doing. Uh, taking a nap. Roadies. Yeah. Groupies. <laughs> Not Gene. Not Gene. Okay, speaking of, let's go on to Mr. Blackwell, who I believe is the villain. I never said I was more than I am. Do what I want, I don't give a damn. Yeah, I put in my notes that this is the Herod song of this album. If if <laughs> yeah. music yes. for the elder were Jesus Christ Superstar, this is the fun song that the villain gets to sing. It's Assuming awesome. that Mr. Blackwell is the villain, I completely lost the thread of the story. Um, but sure. Yeah, and I think the best song on the album. Easily so yeah. far, yeah. This is groovy. It's funky. It's got it's like nice fun. holes in the music. But stomp a good arrangement. Yeah, yeah. Good arrangement, yeah. Who knew? There's good, good vocals. A, a guitar solo that just really tries to get off the ground and then is, uh, <laughs> and who then, knows if it did, they faded it out. Yeah, then we <laughs> got it. It was not important. Yeah. Uh, a breakdown with just the drums and the freaky jungle percussion going on. And it was just, <laughs> not sure what that meant, but. Uh, He's not well, that Mr. Blackwell. Hey, that rhymes. <laughs> That's some good rhyming there, Gene. Yeah, and it had the uh, you know the 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 kind of Gene bass sound as well. Yeah. Yes, 
You don't so have to so, play a lot of notes when you so this sound is like that. One of the songs on the album um, that actually has kiss isms in it. Yes, mm. yes. This is kissy. Um, let's check out the next one. I think this is another freely track Escape from the Island. YYZ, right? Uh, well, we were talking about <laughs> incidental music for television. Here we got a, an instrumental that certainly should have accompanied... A, a car um, chase. Yeah, um, some sort of yeah chase sequence, action sequence. It's called Escape from the Island, so I'm assuming the man-child has been trapped by Mr. Blackwell on an island, and this is where he escapes, and you hear sirens. You know, much like Neil Young for Trans, somebody needs to do an animated movie for this that explains everything. This is a hell of a cartoon series. Yeah, Scooby-Doo needs to be, and there is a Scooby-Doo I want the breakfast kiss. cereal, that cartoon. And this well. song, you know, they get, you get to have a little aggressive guitar playing and, you know, rhythm yeah. guitar playing, and, and certainly uh, the, you know, the, the driving drums were pretty cool with yeah. lots of tom fills This is, and all this is the type of bass that should have been on the, the fake Iron Maiden song. Right, yeah, 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 and the bass was, you know, was, was very... Uh, this would have been very Kiss-like had there been vocals on it at all. Right, and, and if there was some kind of, you know, arrangement that... Yeah. that went somewhere yeah. maybe there were words for it and they took it off so it would fit with the concept of the album because the words didn't fit but you know or there's supposed to be voiceover yeah this might have been one of those get them they're escaping no <laughs> oh no poison gas help they've released the electric eels I don't know what's it's, going on here. Vincent Price still alive and kicking when this is they could oh yeah this is before they, yeah uh, they couldn't thriller thriller yeah. so yes Grizzly goose from every tomb. He wanted too much money, huh? Well, they, something. It's got a good, man, you know, his managers. Yeah, well, yeah. not much to say about this one. Let's go to the, the song with possibly the worst title song I've ever heard. I. Just the letter I. I I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. It's like, wow, that was um, definitely, definitely sounded like Kiss. Yeah, with an up with people vibe. <laughs> yes, but the, the bizarre breakdown, you know, let's, let's see. Hi. <laughs> let's when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. That's a... I've always, you know, the concept of Broadway metal... That is just very startling in its level of cheese. Yes. It's kind of like Twisted Sister, but they at least knew they were. <clears throat> their their makeup was more deliberately campy and not it frightening. Sounds, it sounds like they're serious. They are serious. 
about this story. This is where the man-child has defeated Mr. Blackwell and accepted his role as the leader of the Rose to fight the opposition in a galaxy far away from the island of misfit toys. I don't know. <laughs> I am lost. It is a fun, it's it fun is. So, yeah, I'm sure the final track will explain everything because it's the finale entitled Finale. Morpheus, you have been summoned here to offer your judgment of the boy. Do you still deem him worthy of the fellowship? I certainly do, Lord. Matter of fact, I, I think you're going to like this one. He's got the light in his eyes. And the look of a champion, a real champion. <laughs> the ironic is weird. Pedophilialic. Yeah. Whatever that word yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that, I, that explains it. There we go. I knew it. Morpheus <laughs> in his weirdly distorted voice asked somebody who uh, wait, wait, said, wait, wait, Morpheus? Yes. Is, there, is, yeah, is this, this, this a shared Morpheus. universe with the Matrix? Yes. <laughs> yes this is, this is how Neo got stuck. Neo <laughs> is the Manchild. You know what? <laughs> it could I, be. I would not I would, it would not shock me. If, the Wachowskis if, are big uh, late period Kiss fans. Yes, yes. <laughs> if anyone that <laughs> makes more sense than anything else. Like, where um, did they get these ideas? I from? mean, if you're going to delete the dialogue from the whole rest of the album, you can't end with it. Why? It, I, uh. and, and it's bizarre that they they take on these kind of faux English accent. Well, everything's very. Again, I don't know Stonehenge. what you mean, my lord. <laughs> my lord. But, but, again, yeah. Spinal Tap. But Morpheus. Yeah, yeah again, there was it's a common name. That. And wasn't Morpheus the god of sleep? Yes, yes. Um, so, um, so this was all a dream? My brother's there name is Morpheus. Come I on, think man. you will <laughs> like this one, my lord. It's not the look of a champion Steve, but... and the light in his eyes. So, what saith you? Do you like this one? <laughs> saith me, well, No. <laughs> there you there, go. There, there are elements of this that that I I do I do like for the the cheesiness. Yes. And, and I am fond of musical cheese, so that's okay with me. As as a Kiss album, it is clearly not. <laughs> no. I, I, apparently, they were some of the musicians on this, but something else is is going on here. Um, and um, I don't think I would. Say if it came on a random shuffle, yeah. I don't think I would skip it because I'd be like, "Oh yeah, this awful <laughs> this thing." thing. <laughs> um, but I am, uh, but I, uh, you know, so so I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, completely disavow it, delete it from your library. I, I and I also wouldn't think it would be an experience that you you would hate for having. Yeah, and say you were a Kiss fan, but at the same time, it does not hold well together <clears throat> as a piece of yeah. art. Just uh, uh, listen to the Spinal Tap record. <laughs> Better yet, watch the movie. Yeah. If you're a Kiss completist for some reason, I'm sure. Um, or, uh, as we've discovered, maybe this was the inspiration for The Matrix. So they did have a musical. Uh, yeah, uh, there you go. I, with the, the level of production and you know how deliberate everything was on here, I wish that they'd... St- 
they'd started with better ideas. If they if, if there were better songs and better more like story. fleshed out ideas or story, this could have been awesome. Yeah, yeah, I um, that. it could have been. This really could have been the epic that it it truly believes that it is. <laughs> a, a better story might have made made up for the lack of better songs, at yeah. least to a certain degree. Well, I, I've got a hot take here. Um, having never heard any other Kiss, really, I like this. <laughs> Since it doesn't disappoint my need for what I want Kiss to be. And additionally, I like this more than The Wall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, The Wall is just as pompous and pretentious, but it isn't bad enough to make fun of. You can at least... Have a laugh with music from the elder instead of just I, being I, when, bored. And I agree with you on, on that aspect of it. Is and I know this is as a as a gigantic Pink Floyd fan. I yeah. know this is heretical to an awful lot of people. Do it. Um, I think the wall <laughs> is not very good. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple of good tunes on it. Well, it's it's overblown. Right, right? but we it's have, overblown. We've no. I, we've all but said it. But you know, Bob Ezrin is uh, a legendary uh, a turd polisher. He and, was the and Jeff so, Lynne of his time. So, uh, yeah, that being, you know, one of his most, the wall being one of his most famous works, you yes. know, puts this. That's what he hangs uh, very on much, Very much into context. Yeah. Now, um, the, the sound effects in between the songs are pretty darn good. Oh, there, there are some, there are some arrange, are, are, you know, arrangements and uh, sound effects and production tools on this that I'm, it's really tragic that they were <laughs> wasted on this. Yeah. It's like there are other tunes. But then again, I will tell you. I will tell you though, <clears throat> Scott. I agree with this hundred percent. Anything post, say nineteen seventy seven, yeah. that Kiss produced, I would rather listen to this than any of that stuff. Yeah, more than Animal Eyes, more than Lick It Up, <laughs> any of it. Okay, wow. more than Psycho Circus. I'm also. Well, I had a cool song on Psycho Circus. Well, Larry. I'm also surprised that you know in. In high school and grade school or whatever, big, you know, band band nerd, you know, yeah, um, and a lot as as and such, lots of nerd and <laughs> lot lots of friends that uh, you know were uh, um, actors and um, uh, musical theater and and and, yeah. and I like it. I'm amazed that I haven't come across this. Like this seems like this aligns with. That almost M- musical theater dumb. Yes, Glee should have done an like, episode of this. Yes, absolutely. Like, um, tune that in. I would when love we were, to see that. When we were You're doing the Zappa player. one, I like kept thinking of like uh, John Waters and like hairspray kind of vibe stuff. Yeah. And this is so like weirdly. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. rumble, guys. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna rumble with a gang in similarly coordinated outfits, <laughs> like the you know. Or it, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very, very. So I guess <clears throat> unless we have anything else to add to music from the elder, we will um, move on with our lives. Uh, my name is Scott Livingston. Yeah, Logan Renard. I'm Matthew Marr. We do humbly ask that you take a minute to go into whatever podcasting application you are currently employing. And write, review, subscribe. Let us know that uh, you exist and we're not crazy and talking to ourselves out there. And one more quick thing. Uh, oh, one note. Uh, according to Wikipedia, um, as of 2015, this is still not certified as a gold record. Aww. And has not, has not sold in excess of 
five hundred perhaps thousand copies will change. That. There yeah. you go. That, that, <laughs> yeah. that secret cult of theater nerds will start downloading this album or streaming it or however people get music these days. I am unaware. <laughs> Do people purchase music anymore? I don't know. Well, you're welcome, Gene. Send us a kiss coffin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're all dead anyway. We <laughs> we are available on Twitter at D Outliers. We have a Facebook group. We have a website. We're on Instagram. If you have any ideas or suggestions for albums we should cover, you can drop us an email at detoursandoutliers at gmail.com. And tune in next week to find out just who this is. I, I told my mama, baby, don't you cry. I'll get a job before the day go by. I don't know where, and that is why I'm a worried man. Worried man, a worried man. I'm a very worried man. Hungry babies don't understand. Their papa is a worried man. Papa is a worried man.